0: Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Shannon Gillette. Shannon is one of the top Arizona agents in the entire state. We're going to dive right into what she's seeing in that market in a little bit. But Shannon, first, thanks for coming on. Why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about your background and you know your, your story of how you got into real estate?
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I like to say I went from Barely graduating from high school to closing just over $55 million in real estate over the past 12 months, with most of my business coming from Instagram and YouTube.
0: Wow. I love that. So you've been in the business how long?
1: For 16 years, I come from a new home sales background because in the Phoenix area, we have a lot of new homes, new construction, left left new home sales in 2014, and basically started from scratch in resale and just really built my social media and video presence to um, build a, a pretty great business. And now I'm really just starting to build a team.
0: I love talking to agents who were in real estate when we had the Great Recession, when everything collapsed, when we had the mortgage crisis, because you've seen what, a ba- and Arizona got hit hard, mm-hmm. you've seen what a bad market looks like. So you're gonna bring a, a different perspective than somebody who's just been in the business the last 10 years or so. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into the Arizona market. What's happening right now? If you read headlines, it seems like Arizona is one of the places that Californians are flocking to and that it's a very hot market but it was hot back before the last collapse what are you seeing right now in the arizona real estate market
1: well i can speak on behalf of the phoenix southeast valley that those are like chandler gilbert queen creek some of the fastest growing areas of arizona is where i sell and like everywhere our market is crazy it's not uncommon to see 10 offers on one home Um, but we are seeing that if you're a seller in phoenix right now you probably have a 60 percent chance or more to selling to an out-of-state buyer so we've got californians Mm. you know buyers from oregon washington calling us and saying things like shannon I just want to get out of California. I just need a three bedroom. I don't even care what it looks like. I want to get my kids in school in Arizona. And, you know, people are just flocking here. Arizona is a very desirable state. We have a lot of businesses moving here. I personally think the weather's great. I love the summers in Arizona. And we have uh, fairly affordable homes and very low taxes. So we not only have those primary residence buyers, but also a lot of second homes. And right now I'm getting a lot of calls for 1031. Exchanges, investment buyers, people that have maybe taken out money on their home in California and want to use that to buy something here as an investment in Arizona.
0: You're saying 60% chance of a buyer being out of state. What mm-hmm. percentage and you know, roughly if you don't, you know, if you don't have an exact number to this, I won't hold you to it, but roughly out of that 60%, what does it feel like? How what percentage of those are from California? And then what percentage are actually making, you know, your area their primary residence.
1: Well, of my personal buyers right now, I'd say the top two states are Oregon and California, and I'd say of my personal clients, half are relocating here and then the other half are buying second homes or just investment homes because our so it's rental half and half. Yeah, our rental market is crazy too. There's hardly anything for rent and rents are going up like crazy. So, I mean, you can buy a, a $400,000 beautiful four bedroom home with a backyard and garage and rent it out for about you know $2,500 a month
0: hey did you see Taya DeCarlo's recent Instagram video
1: I did yeah about about the Phoenix
0: uh the the person leaving California and moving to Phoenix yes you weren't offended when she said but you have to move to Phoenix right that didn't offend you did it? no
1: hey move all right no
0: (laughs) but but it's true right like People in California can sell for a lot of money right now. Everybody thinks people are just like bouncing out of California and there are a lot of people bouncing out of California, but the, the prices are still, you know, home values are still at a really high point, highest of all time in a lot of these areas of California. They can sell at a high price and get more affordability coming and seeing you. Is that right?
1: of course yeah and not only do you have lower home prices but our taxes are so low here property taxes affordability we've got great schools jobs are coming here and of course we've all heard it with COVID. a lot of my clients they're now working from home so instead of living in san francisco they can now live in a beautiful home on an acre in queen creek arizona and you know pay a million dollars for that property Well,
0: well tell me you said taxes are so low Numbers. What does that look like in Queen Creek, Arizona? What does taxes being so low mean?
1: So, if you were to buy a five hundred thousand dollars home in Queen Creek, you may pay three thousand dollars a year for property taxes, depending, you know, on certain things.
0: Wow, that is very low. Yeah, I mean i I own a house in uh, Connecticut. My taxes are very high. Yes. and then I have my primary in Naples, Florida, and I was like, oh, for, like the the two homes are worth about the same money and my taxes in Connecticut are two and a half X what they are in Florida. But what you're saying, it makes, I yeah, what you're saying, $500,000 uh, home, $3,000 taxes, that would make Arizona cheaper on property taxes than Florida.
1: Yeah. I mean, depending on the property. So that's why we do have so many investors. That $500,000 price point and below, if I listed a home today in that price range, I would have within the first few hours, four cash investor offers looking to buy that home to rent out. So it's a very desirable place for sure.
0: Yeah. If you bought a $500,000 house in Florida, you basically be paying $5,000 in in taxes. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Arizona, very cheap on the property taxes. How is the tax seen overall in Arizona? Are you getting taxed somewhere else that's making up for that or is it a relatively low yeah, tax overall,
1: it's, it's very, a very great place to live in Arizona. Low taxes overall. We don't ever get that complaint of somebody, you know, worried about our taxes being too high. However, oh, property not- taxes are going up because our home values are going up like crazy. So it could, yeah, agree, you know, right. take the assessor a little bit of time to raise those taxes, but they're still going to be very affordable.
0: Yeah. And certainly affordable to anybody coming from California where they're getting taxed through the nose. So Shannon, you saw the last housing collapse and what it did to Arizona in particular, being one of the states that builds a lot of inventory. Ivy Zellman, she said just a few weeks ago that in 2023, when we see 1.6 million homes come onto the market, that were being built last year, and these are all going to get released in 2023, she does believe that'll have an impact and it'll be a localized impact in places like Arizona, Georgia, Florida that are building a lot, just like they were, you know, Nevada, that were building a lot, just like they were before the last collapse. What's the future look like of Arizona when it comes to inventory and new homes new homes being built.
1: Yeah. So I come from a new home sales background, sold new builds for eight years. So I do sell a lot of new builds today. And the Phoenix Southeast Valley has a lot of building going on, but we are, as you get closer into town, running out of land. If you wanted to Mm -hmm. buy a new build today in our market, it wouldn't be uncommon for you to be on a waiting list in a lottery. I had clients in a lottery for six months where they literally are drawing names out of a hat if you get picked for the lot. So you can't necessarily walk into a new builder or a new build, you know, construction right now and just buy a home. There are some. Same in can. Florida. Yes. So uh, as far as that goes, like with building, you're we're going to run out of land. You're going to have to move further out, um, out of the city. But people don't mind having that. Being out of the city these days because so many people are working from home. So, even our cities where you used to be able to find a $200,000 home, even those areas are now in the threes and fours, and it's just going up everywhere.
0: Does it feel different to you than this was happening in 2004, Mm -hmm. 2005, 2006, where there was a lottery on new construction? You coming from that world. Does it feel different to you or the same?
1: Well, definitely different. So I started selling new homes in 2006, right as the market was changing. And back then, so many buyers were putting, you know, very low amount down or 80-20 financing. Now, the buyers that are getting their offers accepted, they're all putting a lot of cash down, even so many cash buyers. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, it's definitely much, much different these days.
0: And 50% of them are using the, to your point earlier, 50% of these are using these homes as their second home. What, you know, if a market shifts, what do you think they would do? Do you think they would continue to use that as a vacation home? Would they Airbnb it? Would some of these potentially sell off in in a market shift in the future? There will be a downturn. We all know that you've been in real estate 16 years. You know, there's going to be a downturn coming at some point. What do you think a lot of these second homeowners will do in your market? Yeah.
1: So, and those are for my personal clients because a lot of my business comes from YouTube and Instagram. So I'm getting a lot of -of out-of-state buyers that find me that way, want to buy a second home. So that's not necessarily our whole market, but for my personal clients, so many of them are buying second homes right now. And they're telling me things like, I want to use this as a vacation home and eventually retire in Arizona. Um, You know, so I don't, I, I really think they're planning to buy it and keep it for a long time. And eventually move when they can.
0: Great. And you guys, you're building a team right now. You've been uh, predominantly your whole career a you know, solo agent. Am I am I right on that?
1: Yeah. So for many years, it was just me and my videographer, and I had a TC. And I really, you know, I very much my branding, my social media, my client experience is so important to me. I really was for years just told myself. I don't want to have a team. I can do this by myself. But you really get to a point where you're working seven days a week. And when it comes to that point and your clients are maybe not getting the best experience, right, because I'm only one person. You know, I really started to slowly build the team. And, um, you know, we're we're doing so good here in our market. We're one of the top 20 teams in the entire Phoenix East Valley Uh, We provide an incredible experience. We really specialize in listing video marketing and we're selling our listings for just record breaking prices, getting more offers than average. And it's exciting, you know, scary. I'm, you know, I have a coach, which I recommend all realtors should have a coach. And my coach- I doubled
0: down on that. Yeah.
1: My coach is like Shannon- You have to bring on more people you you don't have enough people and i just have all the excuses in the world of why i shouldn't grow and all that so right now we we've just for the first time ever opened up interviews to the public to you know interview for a spot on our team
0: i would argue that when you had a videographer and a tc you were already a team albeit a small team Mm -hmm. of three but that to me is a team. You know, yeah. you were branding yourself as, as a individual mm-hmm. agent, but there's a lot of top producing, which you've been a top producer for years. A lot of top producing solo agents that are promoting themselves as a solo agent, but they do have a team because they have three mm-hmm. or four assistants mm-hmm. behind them. But now you're openly branding as, you know, a team which teams have taken over real estate over the last 5 years you know it's a clear trend the next trend is going to be team ridges brokerages independent brokerages you know you know that's happening now but it it will be a trend over the next 5 years where a lot of these teams go independent brokerage call themselves a team ridge you now i think you said before we started the pod have 5 agents so you've grown quickly since september of last year you're publicly going out there and saying we're taking the right fit the right culture fit into our environment, come join our team, be successful over here. What's been the hardest part over the last six months in taking that step for growth and building your team?
1: It's it's tough. You know, I we are really into video. So I was like, hey, if we're gonna for the first time open up interviews to the public, I want to put together a really cool video to explain the value of our team because I want to have the best team possible and provide a lot of value for for my agents. So we put together a video, launched it um, last week, and I can't even count the amount of agents that have applied, and it's such an honor. I'm so thankful for every person that would even consider joining our team. And I think just the hardest thing is Getting over my own, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Like, just it's hard when somebody else is representing a brand you've worked so hard to build, and maybe having these too high of standards. Um, so, getting yeah. over just my fear of of bringing on the wrong person. But at the end of the day, I am. I've. I'm just so much happier now versus when I just, when it was just me and my videographer my TC, I have better quality of life. I'm a mom. I have three little kids. I'm able um, to eat dinner with my family more. We also have a full TC team that works seven days a week from 7am to 7pm. So instead of a 6pm counter offer, I'm able to be with my family more. So, you know, there's so many benefits to joining a team. And I think the solo agents out there, they just assume, I'm not going to join a team because my annual income will be less. But no, if you're on, if you're working hard and you're on the right team, you're going to sell more homes. You're going to make more money. You're going to provide a better experience for your clients. And you're going to be able to spend more time with your family. So we're really putting that message out there and getting some solid, solid applications of, I mean, agents that are selling 15, $20 million a year on their own that want to join our team.
0: Are you a perfectionist?
1: In a way, when it comes to my personal branding, my <laughs> no, video, no, be truthful. <laughs> be truthful
0: here. I'm, I'm hearing. I've been, I've wanted to do a pod with you for a long time. Watching you from afar, you take what you do very seriously. You're building an incredible brand, but answer that truthfully. Are you a perfectionist in everything you do?
1: In in real estate. Yes. Like I don't want to cut any corners. I want to, I've only ever received a five-star review from my clients. So Mm -hmm. having a coach has been life-changing because having that person look from the outside in and see our potential and say, Shannon, you don't have enough people. You can serve even more clients if you grow, you know, it's, it's really powerful because I could just keep putting it off. And I get probably on average three to five Instagram DMs every week of agents in my market that say, are you hiring? And for years I've said, no, we're not. So, <laughs> so I'm working through my own issues.
0: So how comfortable are you right now? And and maybe you get more comfortable with this in the future, but how comfortable are you right now knowing that everybody you bring on and to scale, you've got to bring on more agents. You've got to bring people in to manage them. You've got to bring you know, somebody that's going to be training people, answering questions, all these things. You're, you seem like you're going to stay in production. Am I right?
1: Yeah. So I would love to transition because right now I'm actively taking buyers out every single day. So I'd love to transition into really focusing on listings because we do such a great job with our listing marketing. And I'd love to one day not take buyers out every day. That's my goal. All right. So
0: here's my question. How comfortable are you right now knowing that everybody you bring into your team, into your organization? are only gonna be able to be 80% as good as you or as a much of a perfectionist as you are. And how comf- how comfortable are you with that? And that's gonna to be, to me, how you scale. So what's your comfort level there?
1: You know, it takes time, right? Every agent on my team currently is amazing. Like I couldn't imagine life without them. They all bring their own you know, set of skills and of course, they're not me. Right. And I'm not them. Like they have a skill set I don't have. And to just see that and slowly build by one to two agents and just get that, you know, gain that trust to know, Hey, I can trust them with the brand. I can trust them with any client. I would call up anybody on my team and I know they might even provide a better experience than me because I'm just so busy. Um, no, it's powerful, but I'm just working through my own, issues. And I'm sure there's a lot of agents listening right now that maybe know they should have a team, they should have a TC, they should have a videographer, but for whatever reason, they're just choosing not to grow.
0: And when you start to decide that you're going to grow as a leader in this business and you bring people into your team, into your environment, it becomes very obvious. It did for me for sure that, oh my gosh, there are people that are so much better at doing a variety of things in this business than I am. I'm sure you've had that unique experience where it's like, I've thought for years that I was really good at that, but she's so much better than me at doing this. She can do it more efficiently. Obviously, you've had a TC for a long time, so you knew that wasn't an efficient use of your time. But even listings, even just you know the things that you love and and know that you're good at 80% of what somebody else can do allows you to move up to that next level and bring everybody up with you because you're reaching new heights in the business. You know,
1: I 100% agree. So, I was one of the best moments in my career was last year when Tom Ferry's office called me and said, "Shannon, we want you to be a guest on Tom Ferry's podcast." And I was like, "What is happening right now?" And I was a guest on Tom Ferry's podcast. Is that Tom, how you
0: felt about this about this call Yes, too? of course. All right. No,
1: for sure. I'm <laughs> such a huge fan. I share all of I'm your stuff joking, all the time. I am joking. So, I I'm a guest on Tom Ferry's podcast to talk about how I grew this business off Instagram and video. And back then, I didn't have a virtual assistant. I was getting up at 4 a.m., building every listing website, running every ad, uploading every YouTube video, making every YouTube thumbnail. This is up like I got a virtual assistant in January, January. I was doing all of that myself and we all know, right? What That is not a good use of your time, Shannon, building a website or running ads. And it took me a long time to really think like, man, should I really do a virtual assistant? but that's life-changing right there. So that could even be somebody's first step is getting a virtual assistant. I started part-time with her because I'm like, I don't really have that much for her to do or I don't want that expense. And within like a week, I brought her to full-time. So now she's building my, um, you know, she's tagging my YouTube videos and doing all the things that I used to do. And I have so much time back now to you know.
0: What would you say to someone That wants to hire a virtual assistant, a lot of people do it and they fail and they blame it on the VA. What would you say to someone to be able to execute on that hire of a virtual assistant?
1: I think the interview process is really important. Uh, My coach actually helped me. Um, We did Zoom interviews with my coach and myself because, you know, she's been doing the whole VA thing a lot longer than I have. And we had to go through a few batches of interviews and just didn't see the right fit. And finally, we found somebody that really understood social media and YouTube and and design and all of that. So it's been life-changing. It is so freeing to be able to forward over an email and ask, hey, can you do this? on the thing that six months ago I was doing. Not a good use of your time. Any agent listening, you've got to figure out what your hourly rate is and do the things that are worth your hourly rate.
0: But between two companies right now, we have four or five. It could be five. I'd have to ask Carolina, my ops manager, uh, VAs. And you're absolutely right. The interview process is critical. We have a three-step process. We go through with every VA that we bring on. Onboarding. A lot of people will hire a va and then they're like frustrated in that first week because the va is like what do i do what do i do what do i do and they're so busy right like a solo agent they're so busy running around on buyer appointments or whatever they're at an inspection and they don't they get i don't even know what to do right so mm-hmm. you got to be able to take a step back and onboard that person and then the consistent training because whether they're a virtual assistant an employee a tc a new agent They need consistent training. So Mm -hmm. anybody thinking about hiring your first VA? No, it's not about you. They're not here to save you. You're there to level them up and that's when they can take stuff off of your plate. I would I keep going in the VA direction, Shannon, because it is a great way to keep scaling your business. Yeah,
1: and you're going to sell more homes. So we use Tube Buddy on my YouTube, and she's going in there. And I used to tag my own videos. She's tagging them and doing the research. And I'm getting calls almost daily of buyers in California or buyers in Oregon. Hey, I saw your YouTube video Um, because I'm on a TV show called American Dream that airs locally on Fox. So we have. I want to hear
0: about that. Yeah, We have
1: these incredible episodes where I'm able to interview the mayor of our local town, the restaurant owners, all the things. So people are finding those videos on YouTube and then calling me to say, hey, are you taking on new clients right now? Um, People will call me to list their home and say, are you taking on new listings? Will you list my home? So we really invest in video branding. I, my websites through agent image, which I'm a huge fan of because I believe the website right there sells homes or gets clients too, because we have everything on there. And so many agents just have these template websites that were given by their brokerage, man, you've got to step up your branding. You've got to ask yourself if a client Googles me today, what will they find? Because they may be Googling you and you may never get a phone call because they didn't like what they saw.
0: How are you pushing traffic to the website? You say the website's helping you sell homes. How are you getting people on there?
1: So I think it really comes from people that find me on Instagram or YouTube or even through a Google search. They're gonna go to your website and our website has hundreds of videos. It's got you know even just the sell my home section of step-by-step the process of what we do to help our sellers get more offers, sell for more, all of that. I think our clients... They compliment our website all the time and they've literally told us, we called you because your website is so much better than your competition. So for a realtor to not have a solid website or a solid video presence, like there is no excuse. It's 2022. The biggest pool of buyers right now are millennials. So if you don't think your client's going to be Googling you, you're probably missing out on a lot of sales.
0: Yeah. And I'd argue in any price category, any age category, your buyer is going to Google you before they decide to start working with you. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah,
1: reading reviews, your Google My Business page, all the things we know. But your VA can help you with that because you know agents are going to have the excuse, well, I don't have time to do a Google My Business page. You know, Your Google Business page should be like an Instagram with post of pictures and all of that. My VA takes whatever... Because I'll always run my own Instagram. I don't believe... There's a lot of power in hiring someone to do that for you because it's so much more about your personal life versus nonstop real estate. Yeah. So I will run my own Instagram always, but she'll take my posts on Instagram and then put them over on Google and you know all the things. So
0: put huge. them into different places. Are you putting any on TikTok right now?
1: You know I do love TikTok. I don't watch TV, but I'll spend an hour watching TikTok videos. <laughs> I haven't really. I'm just, I'm a big fan of focusing on three things and doing those well. Mine is video, Instagram, personal branding, a little in YouTube. I just, I don't want to overwhelm myself and then also get into TikTok. And, you know, I just want to do those three things well. And I feel like if you're consistent in three things, whether it's door knocking, cold calling, open houses, if you are consistent, you will see the results. Like, I sold over $50 million of real estate last year off of my consistency of Instagram and YouTube. I pulled a list of all of my closed clients from last year and I asked myself, if I was not consistent in video and Instagram and YouTube, would any of those people have purchased a home for me? And all of them came back to Instagram somehow. Um, so you have to be consistent. I think so many agents, they want the overnight success. They wanna post one reel and get 50,000 views and get 50,000 calls. No, you have to be consistent. (laughs) And when I posted my first video you know, four years ago, I didn't start to get those come list me calls for three years, three years of being consistent. So you've gotta start now and just be consistent every day.
0: How did you tie back 55 million in sales in 21 to Instagram?
1: Yeah. So every day, no matter how busy I am, and I'm very busy, I, up, I update my Instagram story every day so people can follow along on my daily life. And if you're not on Instagram, you may not understand the power of posting your breakfast or your workout or your kid's football game. But people go to Instagram basically instead of watching TV. They're going there to escape sure. reality and for entertainment. So realtors are using Instagram the wrong way if they're only posting homes, just sold, just listed, only yeah. real estate. People want to know who you are behind real estate. They want to know, like, and trust you. So with me being um, you know, consistent in the professional video, getting my face on camera, I do a home of the day video commercial for every home I list and I'm on every video. My Instagram stories is updated all throughout the day. So funny story, just to kind of tie it back how powerful Instagram stories are. So some of my favorite clients ever just moved here from California, bought a $950,000 home. I was just talking to her and she's like, Shannon, it's the post about she she brought up a story. They were following me for two years before they actually purchased a home. She goes, Shannon, you put an Instagram story up once of how your lipstick melted in your car in the middle of the summer in Arizona. And she goes, it was the post like that and the post of your kids that helped us determine you're going to be our realtor. Like you helped show us from California, like the heat and what you do with kids and what you do around town. And they bought a $950,000 home for me because of my Instagram stories.
0: So that one, they told you that story a lot of people land and you do have a beautiful website by the way i just oh, i just looked you. at it <laughs> a lot of people land on your website and they're, they're going to reach out to you there you I mean, you confidently said that you did 55 million in sales based off of instagram and youtube people that land on your website or call you direct are you digging deeper to find out where they originally found you how are they, how are Always. you tying those particular closings Back to Instagram because a lot of people have a hard time doing that or figuring that out. Yeah.
1: So, anybody that follows you on Instagram, they're going to go to your website, right? So, every single client that calls me, I ask, How'd you hear about me? So, for example, I had this $1.4 million closing, a listing, and this guy calls and he's like, Shannon, we want to list your home. We want to list our home. We were just about to sign with another agent, but I went to Google and I typed in best realtor in Chandler, Arizona. And your YouTube came up and your Chandler video came up Mm. and we went to your website and we love what you do. Will you list our home? Are you taking on new listings right now? Those are the types of calls I get. And that originated from him searching, you know, YouTube. And then people might go to your Instagram. If you're active on Instagram, how many times have you maybe searched a product or an insurance agent or somebody and gone to their Instagram and been like, wow, they're really missing the mark here. I'm just going to kind of keep looking. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. So it's powerful and you, you just can't, you have to stop the excuses. If you don't have time, get a virtual assistant. If you are scared of getting on camera, you have to maybe even ask yourself, why are you in sales? You talk to people at open houses, you talk to your clients. When you're talking to the camera, just imagine you're talking to a client and it's a disservice to a seller to not do a professional video and all the things. So I could go on and on. I'm so passionate about it because I see the results, but it's consistency you can't just post a few things and leave the platform and expect to sell fifty million dollars in real estate.
0: If you're afraid of the camera, get out of sales, Shannon Gillette. Are you going to coin mean... <laughs> that? Coin that one, Shannon. I, I don't agree mean to with offend anyone,
1: it. but come on, what's like what's stopping you? Just talk. You know, talk to the camera like you're talking to a client.
0: You're uh, you're great. You've been doing a video for a long time. Someone that doesn't have, like, I don't have the style of being able to do a a walkthrough. This is my style right here. I love like podcast, old school radio Mm -hmm. style talk and turn those into video clips. Love it. I do not like walking through a house. We do. Obviously, (laughs) the team in Connecticut does videos for every single listing. I agree with you. You should have a video on 100% of listings. I'm in alignment with you on that. How important is it for someone to find their unique style yeah. in video? What are some of the what are like your top 3 favorite different styles of how to cut video as a real estate salesperson?
1: So I 100% agree. You you have to have your own personal brand. My brand is very professional, classy, all of that it could be different than somebody else, and they we're all going to attract clients that know like and trust us. Most of my clients relate to me because I 'm a mom with young kids a lot we just did a client appreciation event, um, we do a free family photo shoot before the holidays to get free Christmas. We do a lot of client appreciation, and I did a reel of all of my clients' photos and I was looking at all my clients' family photos i 'm like, man, I love my clients. I would hang out with any of them. They are amazing. And they're so much like me, you know, they have kids similar ages and it's because they were following me on Instagram. They related with the content. And then I was Mm -hmm. able to be, have the honor of being their realtor. So you have to understand what your personal brand is. Is there something that sets you apart? Not just the cookie cutter. I'm a realtor. Like what makes you different? I'm very much you, if you follow me on Instagram, you will see my kids, you will see behind the scenes in my daily life. Um, if you're a single guy and you hike and you have a dog, like you've got to brand, that personal brand of maybe your favorite hiking trails, maybe your favorite dog parks, like you're going to attract people that want to work with you. Um, so I feel like that was a powerful.
0: cliche description of, of single guys out there oh. hiking and, and a dog <laughs> that was, that was pretty spot on. I've seen that on, on Instagram quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, you have to do a mix of probably 80% personal and then 20% sprinkle in real estate. And it's, I always say this, it's like watching TV, the old school TV show where you're there to watch the TV show and then the sprinkle, the the commercials are sprinkled in. You don't sit down on the couch to be like, Hey, I'm going to watch commercials unless it's the Super Bowl.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no doubt. I I agree with you that. What was your favorite Super Bowl commercial by the way?
1: Um, I can't say that I really watched much of
0: it. Oh, okay. But, right. you know, <laughs> I was I probably out showing homes. <laughs> probably. I know yeah. you seem like a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I see you putting in the, you know, seven days a week. You talked about that. You were doing your own thumbnails as recently as last year. You do have three kids. You're a mother. You're an entrepreneur. You're now a team leader. Is there anything, when you're in real estate, is there any such thing as a work life balance?
1: That's a great question. I get that question all the time. And really the advice I give to other moms is living by your calendar and treating your kid's football game or treating a dinner with your family or treating a vacation like a listing appointment. I will Mm. never miss my kid's games. I sold new homes for eight years. I worked every weekend. I couldn't even go to my kid's games. I miss my son's, my oldest son's first steps. I got it on a video as I was sitting in my new home sales office. I missed out on so much that my family really comes first. But if you're organized and you get up early and you live by your schedule, you will be able to find that quality time. What, what my family does is we travel often and we're about to go to Hawaii for two weeks here soon. And you. you know, I'll still be working while I'm there. But what I like to do is have a vacation like on the horizon and I have this, the coolest app, it's a countdown calendar, like on the home screen of my phone. And it says like 19 days to Hawaii. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to work, work, work. And then we're going to go to Hawaii and relax. So I always have something, just a goal out there. um, And then that helps us really have that quality family time. But it's tough, you know, and that's why you've got, if you're a solo agent watching this, like. You probably need help and you shouldn't be your own TC. And, you know, yeah, it's an investment. You may be spending a few hundred dollars per file, but think of all of the time you'll have with your family and the better experience you'll provide for your clients.
0: You said you're getting up early. How early?
1: I shoot for about 5 a.m. I have a trainer that comes to my house. I work out and, you know, keep that a top priority because that's another excuse a lot of people have is I don't have time to work out. I don't have time. I want to ask you, like, what time do you get up? Get up an hour earlier. There's no excuses. I live a very busy life, but I feel like it's a quality life. And um, you have to know what you're doing for the day. You can't just wake up and be like, oh, I'm just going to see what happens today. You have to be disciplined and consistent. And if you want to be consistent with Instagram Reels, you have to have that on your calendar. And there's just, you know, just stop with the excuses. Everyone has excuses.
0: Oh man, we, we definitely are, are jiving. I'm so in alignment <laughs> with what you're saying. Uh, so you're, you're up at 5 a.m. And what time do you go to bed generally? You know, 9.30. Okay, 9.30. <laughs> and so like you said, if there's a game, that's a commitment. It's like a listing appointment. You're going to the game. You're, you're going to the, to the event. You know, and a game could be say, let's just punch in a number here at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, a lot of people when they think work-life balance are like, okay, I'm done with work at four and the rest of the day is mine. Are you going to a game at four and then have other work-related activities on your calendar before 9.30 at times, not every day, but at times?
1: No, for sure. And I think you also have to have a life outside of real estate. We're very active in the community, our team, we all actively volunteer our time. I also, church is non-negotiable for me. I will never miss church. I'm very involved at church. I also run a mom's group at my church. So I will always say, if you miss your son's football game or you miss, if church is important to you, you miss a church service because you're going to take out a client. Most of the time, those people aren't ever even going to buy a home. So you just have to live by your calendar. There is enough time. You have to be consistent and organized.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's going to mean you go do something for you personally, you go back to work, you go back and forth, You know, to me, like investing in yourself in the morning, that's where balance comes in because you can go back and forth between all the important things in your life. It's just life. There is no, this work-life balance that people are trying to define where they do half the day doing one thing and half the day doing the other thing. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be successful at any business, you're not going to be able to do that. I'm sorry. Very few people are going to be able to shut it off at five o'clock and just stop for the day. It doesn't exist. In the world we live in but you can live if you actually enjoy what you're doing if you just do what you want to do every single day then you're just living
1: yeah you're and not, you
0: don't have to balance anything out
1: yeah and you're getting instagram content if you only you go. show homes, it always goes back homes. to ig for you yes so <laughs> if you're only working non-stop you know like they say the hustle and the grind i don't have time to go to my kids football games i gotta show homes you have to have a life outside of real estate. And now you're building your personal brand on Instagram. So you could see a behind the scenes at dinner with my family, or we're going to the trampoline park and all the things. And these out-of-state buyers are learning more about the community, You know, doing video on local restaurants, things to do, staycations, all of that. You know, you're getting content while also trying to get that balance and getting a break from real estate. Because in this job, it'll take over your life. You will not have time for a vacation or anything if you let it. So you have to be organized and you have to have goals. You have to have things planned out. I don't know how you could survive not living off of a calendar in this business.
0: Yeah. In sales, I would agree with you. If you wake up without a plan, you're planning to fail each and every single day. And if you're an agent in production, the things that Shannon's talking about right now, where you should be capturing those local activities even do, like if it's your style to really showcase the family, like Shannon's doing a great job of doing that. Uh, if you're out there trying to generate buyers and sellers in your community, those are the things you absolutely have to do. Shannon, you did a great job talking about all the marketing and Instagram stuff on the Over Ask podcast with Eric and Dan. If you haven't, we'll, we'll link that up too. If you haven't seen that podcast, uh, she goes pretty deep on this stuff. There, what what do you what do you think of those guys, Eric and, oh, well, and Matt? Thank
1: they are hilarious. I yeah. if you don't follow the broke agent on Instagram, you are missing out because what I you told are. them is I'm very strategic. Like I won't post, I can't post that kind of stuff on my Instagram. But I if I ever need a good laugh, they really say what's on my mind that I can't post. Right? You should never be posting on Instagram negative stories about your current clients. That's at least what I tell my team, but the broke agent can do it. Uh, and it's hilarious.
0: I see agents that that post negative stories about their clients like they don't think they have Instagram all the time. Yeah. I see that a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah you always want to, whatever you post, you want to ask yourself if my client or future client saw this, does it reflect my personal brand? And maybe it does. You know, Everyone has their own brand and um, you, you need to figure out what your brand is and all of that, but yeah, there's so much power in video on Instagram and everyone that says it doesn't work. I just don't think you're consistent enough. I've actually had closings where I never had my buyer's cell phone number. Most people would think this is crazy. Now I have a coach, so I'm a little bit more like organized. I've literally closed homes through a Facebook DM or an Instagram DM where that's, that was our conversation. And then the title company yeah. is like, well, do you have their cell phone number? I need to call them to open up escrow. I was like, I have <laughs> their Instagram handle, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the, communicating through Instagram DM and all of that. Like there's so much power. Just got to be consistent.
0: Yeah. Where, where are people, what's the medium people want to communicate and go there. And that's why any agent that's not using all of these platforms, these messengers, you're missing out on huge opportunities. Shannon, You are a true entrepreneur, love seeing what you're doing. If you're not following Shannon, make make sure you go and do that immediately. She is a mother building a business, showing you both ends of her life every single day on Instagram. And I really appreciate you coming here and spending the time and sharing all of your knowledge with everybody today. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely chat again. Uh, folks, go follow Shannon Gillette. You will not be disappointed. And thanks again. We'll see you soon.